Good morning. Let me get organized here, won't you? That's great. What a fantastic service so far, isn't it? It's great. Praise the Lord. And I want just, uh, we've, we've uh, read from John's Gospel. I want to read a few verses from Matthew uh, regarding the special evening when Christ was crucified. Chapter 27, verse 32. As they were on the way, they came across a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, and they forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Then they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means Skull Hill. The soldiers gave him wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he had tasted it, he refused to drink it. After that, they had, after they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat down around and kept guard as he hung there. A signboard was fastened to the cross above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him, and it read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two criminals were crucified with him, their crosses on either side of his. And the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. So you can destroy the temple and build it again in three days, can you? Well, then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. Save yourself and come down from the cross. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about the greatness of God's love. And to do that, I want to particularly concentrate on those five words that say, come down from the cross. You see, there is no better place to be to experience the greatness of God's love than the Calvary and the cross. It's the place to be. If you want to experience God's love, that's where you've got to be. And yes, Jesus could have come down from the cross, but he didn't. And if he had, that would have been the end of Easter and also the end of God's greatest expression of his love for us. So I want to explain it in just three very simple ways. First of all, I want to talk about his love is to everyone equally. His love is to everyone equally. But more than equally, rather individually and personally. I love that, don't you? That God wants to speak to me individually and personally. And that's what that really means. And coming down from the cross would have stopped his suffering all right, but would have totally destroyed that love for us. How many of you know that it was not the nails that kept Jesus on the cross? How many of you know that? So we have to ask the question this morning, who was it and what was it for? Well, it was us. It was you and it was me. And we kept him on that cross. Why? How could we do that? Because Jesus had to bear our sins in his body for each one of us. And every person who ever lived, past, present and future, who has lived and is yet to live, he had to bear each of their burdens. But even more than that, because our English language is very, very limited, When we talk about bearing, he bore our sins. It means that he had become sin for us. So the spotless Lamb of God became sin for us. 
In other words, all the sins that have ever been committed, all the sins that will ever be committed by mankind, past, present or future, had to rest on him as he had committed, as if he had committed them himself. Being nailed to the cross was hard enough. The two criminals, both sides, apparently deserved to be nailed to the cross. That's what they did in those days. But Jesus didn't even ought to have been nailed to the cross. That was painful enough. But that was nothing compared to the real reason that Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross. We can't really take it in what Jesus Christ did for us. Because as sinners, we just cannot ever experience this. To us, sin is sin. So at this point, I guess most preachers would say something like, tell the person next to you that God loves you. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to count to three. I can just about make it. And I'm going to count to three. And then I want you all to say nice and loud, Jesus loves me. Have you got it? Okay, are you ready for this? One. Two, three, Jesus loves me. And again, come on, Jesus loves me. Now you can look at the person next to you and you can see they're different to you. And some are even more different than they should be, I guess, really. But there we are, that's how it is. But Jesus loves each one of us equally. Isn't that fantastic? He doesn't treat any one of us different to the other. Jesus died for every single person who has ever trod the face of this earth. Whoever they might be, whatever they might be, however they might be, Jesus loves everyone personally. Isn't that great? Say yes, Godfrey. Come on, it's personal, it's great. And we can say over and over again that Jesus loves me. It'd be great to say it before you go to sleep tonight, all right? Here's a challenge for you. Before you go to sleep tonight... Just say, Jesus loves me. Okay, what have you got to say? That's the one. Because he does. He knows all about us and we are all different in many ways. And some of us have lots and lots of things that we have to tell the Lord, we have to, we, we, that we needed forgiveness for. Others of us, we're not too bad a people. But he forgives us all the same. And so you are very, very special. Very personal and very individual to God. Now, please listen. Whatever I have done, in the midst of all my failures, in spite of my sin and my waywardness, all the things that I've done that are wrong and not incomplete and shouldn't have done, God loves me. Praise the Lord. Stand up if you believe that God loves you. Come on. This is great. This is how it should be on Good Friday. We are celebrating something very, very special. God loves each one of us in a very personal way. And it may be that there are those here and you've got real needs at this moment of time and you're wanting God to speak to you, to answer your need. And I want to tell you this because after all the years I've been a Christian, I know this is true, that God will answer your prayer. It may not be this moment, it may not be tomorrow, but God will answer your prayer. Is that good? Yes. God answer the prayer, no matter what age you are. We should all be getting excited at this point. Yes. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you this, that it doesn't matter what age we are. You can, I don't know who's the youngest here. Who's the youngest here? Is anybody give me an, this row here? Give me some of your ages. I won't, you know, we won't tell the rest. 13. Okay, anybody below 13? Oh, yeah, how old are you? Nine. Can we go any lower? Where are we? At the back. How old are you? Eight. Right. Now then, this is the difficult bit. Let's go the other way. Um, is anybody 70 here? Anybody older than 70? Right, here we go. Anybody 75 or over? Anybody 80? Where is it? Wow. Anybody? Oh, I won't go any further. Anybody over 80? That's where I'm going. Over 80. <coughs> that is amazing. Now, before you sit down again, let me tell you, it doesn't matter what age you are. I'm 25. Well, that's where I'm going to be anyway. I'm, I'm going to stick it. No, I'm not. I'm 75. And I am going to keep going as long as I can. I'm hungry for God. And I want more of God. And the church is complete when all the ages from 8 or below to 80 or above. That's when a church is complete. When everybody of all ages can love each other and care about each other and help each other. Where we can grow. Not when we eight and start to grow, but when we are 80 and start to grow. Praise the Lord. And that's what I wanted to say in the first point to you. You are very, very special. Say, I am very, very special. That's right, because God loves you that much. You can sit down if you need a rest, some of you. God loves me and God loves you. That's the first thing. But it goes a little bit further. And that is the second point I want to make is that his love is for everyone everywhere. Isn't that amazing? You know, we so quickly write people off. They deserve to be dealt with, some people. But we, we can so easily write people off. I'm not talking, I'm talking people around us even. We can so even easily walk, uh, talk people off and just put them down and don't accept that they are different to us, but that doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. <laughs> and regardless of who we are and who they are, God loves each one. Now then, this is going to be a difficult one. That includes our families, and our friends who we want to find Christ as Savior. Anybody got family and friends like that? We have. We are praying regularly. We want our children to come back to Jesus. We've got the great, some great children. And we want to come back to Jesus. And I'm believing that will happen. Anybody with me there? Yeah, okay. But we've also got a good son-in-law. I want him to get saved. I've got a good daughter-in-law. I want her to get saved. We've got great-grandchildren. I want them to get saved. I've got sisters and, and a brother, two sisters and a brother and, and their families. And I want them to get saved, folks. I really do. It's vital and important. But the amazing thing where we start is, is this, from this point, is that God loves them. 
Isn't that great? That, that makes me feel better straight away. If I know and believe and trust that God loves those that I want him to reach, then the chances are they will be reached. I take hold of that saying, the circle will not be broken. And I believe it. And I'm trusting God with it. And maybe some of you are really struggling. Maybe you're the only Christian in your family. I was when I started out. But right now, I want you to know that God loves those who love too. God cares about you, but he cares about them as well. And so whether they are family or friends or, or maybe neighbors or people you work with, that you, they're nice people. Isn't the world, world's got a lot of nice people, folks, haven't they? But they're not saved. Sorry. But they're not saved. And we need to keep praying. And we need to keep talking to those we can talk to. We need to try and introduce them to Jesus Christ because he is the answer. It's not a question of goodness. It's not a question of who we are or what we are. It's a question of whether we know Christ as our Savior or not. But it also includes all the problems and difficulties that people and nations are going through at this moment of time. What a, what a rubbish world we live in sometimes. We look at the news and it's awful, isn't it? Or in spite of wars and hatred and bitterness all around the world. God still loves everyone. It does not always like what they do, of course. And happiness, thank you very much. You're very good. Wow. I think you should become the pastor or something. <laughs> well, they were sorry, I couldn't resist it. But, um, but yeah, where was I? I forgot now. Even to the depth of allowing the suffering and sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, to make forgiveness possible. Remember, keeping in mind, everybody's special. So keep talking to those people. Keep trying to bring them in. If they seem to be, you know, they're not very happy about it and so on, don't let that stop you. Just keep telling them, do it lovingly. Do it nicely. But do it. Praise God. Excuse me. If I don't have this, you'll probably tell me off now, so I better have it. Mm. Thank you. Oh, it uh, must be Derby water, then. Very good. So, what I'm, so remember, his love is for everyone everywhere. So it might be that you've got even family or friends living somewhere else in a different country. God loves them just as much. So keep praying for them. Keep trying to reach them for Jesus. There's nothing like it. Let me ask this question. Put your hand up. Have you ever led anyone to Jesus? Put your hand up. Personally led someone to Jesus. Was it good or bad? Brilliant. I like that word even better. That's good or bad or brilliant. It is. There's nothing like it. How many of you, were, how many of you would say that in some cases it took a lot of time to actually reach them? Yeah. But you kept on. And you've experienced the fact that they know Christ as Savior. Please, 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 never give up. Never give up. Just do your best and keep trying to reach them for Jesus. Uh, right. And the third one, the last one, because time rolls on, folks. His love is for everyone eternally. That's a great thing, isn't it? Eternally. God has always loved his creation. Always and always will. And he'll continue to do so until he calls the day. Till the end of time. I don't know when. 
But yes, God has to deal with the depths of sin and sinners. Of course he does, individually and collectively sometimes. And sadly, oh, get me again, this is. Sadly, hell will be filled with those who have rejected Christ's love and compassion and sacrifice. But that's still part of God's love in one sense, and it made me think about this for a while. Inasmuch as he gave each person the freedom to choose him or to reject him. That is a special thing, you know. If you're going to die on the cross, and I want to come back to this right now. When Jesus died on the cross and was nailed to the tree, that was bad enough. But the reason Jesus stayed on the cross was for us. And he had to become sin for us. Now, this, we, we can't work that out, can we? I'm a sinner. Anybody else a sinner here? I'm a sinner, and I can take your sin in that sense. I can understand your sin. But Jesus was sinless, the spotless Lamb of God. And the thing that held him to the cross wasn't the fact that he, he bore the nails in his body like many others had done before him, and we're actually there on the same day being nailed to a tree. But he had to become sin for us. Now, we're not as bad as some people, but Jesus took our sin. He became our sin. He became our sin. And the sins of the whole world were piled upon him. And it wasn't the nails that held him there. He could have come off at any time. Come on. He's God. But it was the sins of the whole world, including ours, that weighed so heavily upon him. And had he come down, those sins would have been untreatable. They would have continued forever. But Jesus stayed on that cross to bear our sins in his body and wait for it and destroy their authority and power in our lives. Praise the Lord. That's what he did. Now, we couldn't do it, <laughs> but he did it. And when he rose again from the dead, that was finished. So we know now that if we put our faith and trust in him, then our sins are forgiven. And we will go to heaven. We will go to heaven. We will have eternal life because Jesus has done it all. Now, look, I'm going over stuff that you already knew. Some of you have been Christians for hundreds of years. But, um, but you know... <laughs> I'm just going through this again because it's so vital that we don't lose sight of them. Easter isn't Easter eggs. I like Easter eggs, don't you? But if we present a proper Easter egg to somebody, what we're saying really is there's the possibility of life, but inside there is life. And when we say, tell people about Jesus, we are introducing them to Jesus, and they, they can then find him as Lord and Savior. And let's not mince words. Let's not pretend, well, come to Jesus and you'll have a nice time in heaven. Hmm. Come to Jesus, but you've got to have your sins forgiven first. Accept Christ as Savior. And if you accept Christ as Savior, you see, we don't talk religion. We're not talking religion. We're talking having a relationship with God through Christ. And we need to do that. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus... You've never accepted him as your Savior and Lord. You've never said to him, Lord, thank you for becoming sin for me. 
we, we've, we've done that this morning. We've taken the bread and wine. And that's what, another way of saying, thank you, Jesus, for taking our sin upon yourself. Becoming sin for us. And because he has done that, right here this morning, I guess most of us are Christians, but it might be that you have never accepted Christ as your Savior. It could be that, couldn't it? You could even be pretending. <laughs> Sometimes that does happen. But this morning you can get right with God. This morning is very special and very precious because we are celebrating the fact that Jesus died on that cross for you and for me to take away our sin. And then later, and we'll celebrate that on Sunday, he rose again from the dead and he's alive today. So if you have sins that need to be forgiven, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, and I'm talking about knowing him personally, not from a distance. I'm talking about knowing him personally. The greatest thing that ever happened in my life, and I've had a pretty, some pretty good things, was the day that I accepted Christ as Savior in my life. What a change that has made. And right here this morning, we can do that. Because through his love and sacrifice. He has made it possible for us to embrace forgiveness, time and eternity in Christ. Maybe the group can come up again in a moment, will you? And the best time we can get that right with God, you know, you know, I, I, you know, you know, and God knows. If you know Christ as Savior, God knows and you know. But if you don't know him personally, if you don't know him well, if you don't know Christ, if you never accept him into your life, this is the best moment you can have right now, at this moment of time, you could become a Christian, a real committed Christian. So I'm going to ask the group to sing, and then listen, I'm going to ask you to do this. Now, this is, it's not easy, this. Take a bit of courage. But it will also be an act of very special, of an act of sincerity, if you do this. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, you know that you know that you know that you're not a Christian, really. You might be religious, you might believe from a distance, but you don't really know Christ. I want you to do something very special. I want you, as, we, as the group sing now, I want you, if you want to accept Christ as Savior, yep, I'm going to say this, I want you to stand up as they sing. Stand up and say, yes, I want Christ as my Savior and my Lord, my friend my Redeemer, all of those things that he does for us. So let's sing. What are we going to sing? Wonderful. Okay. I'm not going to sing. I'm going to put the mic to one side. Just lower it down a bit.